Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. This is Unlearned, a self-rising production. I'm Jamie. And I'm CA. And we are your hosts. This is a podcast all about deconstructing who we are and exploring who we are becoming. Hello. So we are in the magical time where we're the same age for like three weeks. <laughs> it's it's my birthday. You yeah, had we have a, a very small window. <laughs> <laughs> we have a small window where we coexist in the same age. Yeah. Yes. So we're like eleven so, months apart. <laughs> yes, I am another year older, and Happy hopefully birthday. this is our best. No, hopefully this is my best year yet. <laughs> Um, all right. So we want to jump into it. Um, we're going to try our best to tackle a pretty uh, tough topic, which is forgiveness. What's so interesting about forgiveness, and me and CA have kind of sat with this a little bit, is depending on the type of upbringing that you've had, depending on how forgiveness was honestly brought up to you and taught to you and modeled to you. I think about how this word probably means so many different things to so many different people, depending on the lens that they're bringing into the story. And this is why we thought this was worth an entire episode, because many people understand forgiveness and we're actually saying different things. So what we're trying to do in this episode is trying to break down what some of those things are. We're trying to understand how forgiveness could be weaponized or pushed against us or used as a bypassing tool. Uh, We want to talk about some of the nuances of where some of these things get taught. So we're probably going to touch on some of like the religiosity of, you know, how forgiveness gets taught to us. Mm -hmm. Um, But also, I love this take on forgiveness, which is uh, some of it is just sheer modeling from our parents and forced forgiveness, Mm -hmm. right? So Mm -hmm. when children are young and CA's taught me this, I remember her telling me something about, you know, when you go up to your children and you just like force them to say sorry, and you don't have a conversation, it's almost like modeling a very poor emotional processing technique. And we don't even realize we're doing it, right? Right. We don't realize we're doing it. We're just like, say sorry, you know? And so, which is in theory, we have the apology, but in theory, what's underneath that, which would be like a layer of forgiveness. And when we bypass that, we're now not taking into account how complex this issue actually is. So with that, we're going into the forgiveness dialogue. Let's do it. And I mean, I'm really excited because this is is some tough stuff. It is. And I think what's, you know, you you touched on this is that what's going to be interesting as we unpack this topic is how intricately involved it seems to be with spirituality because almost every spiritual system across the board has some sort of framework for forgiveness as to how it looks and the importance of it. 
and the spiritual implications to the individual in, in, in granting forgiveness and, and doing all of that. You know, you've got Western spirituality, Eastern spirituality take very, very different approaches to their understanding of that. But beyond that, we're not really a spirituality podcast. We're a mental health podcast and a, and a self-growth podcast. So it's like, what's the psychology of forgiveness? And how do we do this in a way that is mentally sound and is like honoring our authentic selves, we're not betraying ourselves and we're not harming ourselves in the process of engaging in the concept of of forgiveness. I think that's why we wanted to get into this is because this is one of those topics that can be taught so early on in an unhealthy or incomplete way. And we just kind of like build on that and carry that through and For a lot of people, you know, if you get to adulthood and you start to kind of do this sort of unpacking journey and and trying to rediscover who you are and heal different wounds, there is, of course, always the knee-jerk pendulum swing reaction to just be like, well, then if, if, you know, I was forced to forgive and I was forced to tolerate behaviors that were harmful to me in the name of forgiveness... And I don't want to do that anymore. So I'm going to forgive nobody. And I'm going to, you know, I'm just going to hold all the anger and all the rage at everybody who's ever done me wrong. And that's, you know, valid. It's a valid reaction. And I think maybe it's even healthy to explore that side of things for, for a time being while you sort of wrestle through the concept and work through it. But basically where we're ultimately trying to come like with all things in this podcast is we're trying to get back into that gray area, that nuanced area of how do we approach this in a healthy way? How do we engage with forgiveness in a safe, psychologically sound, really meaningful way? Right. Right. I think it, it links to a lot of the themes that we hope you guys are drawing from the podcast. I mean, we're what 20 some odd episodes in and it's, I mean, if you are listening and you're one of our loyal weekly listeners, first of all, we love you, but also we, um, we are hoping that you're getting some real tangible foundational steps. You know, we're really hoping that you're gaining something from this and, I look at like where we started, what was it? Six months ago? I don't even know yet. Uh, So I know I look at that and I go, you know, one of the reasons we started with consent truly, I think was one of our smartest moves because it's such an anchored point for healing. And I bring up that theme And I'm applying it to the idea of forgiveness, because if you think about why forgiveness would feel so violating is if we are being told to forgive somebody without processing that situation Mm -hmm. and understanding like how deeply connected some of those intricate parts of that trauma or intricate parts of that pain, if we have bypassed that step and we are just told to just go straight to forgiveness, it genuinely can feel like a violation of the self, a violation of the psyche, which is in turn a Mm re-traumatization. And so why we think this is super important is that 
we look at how we're taught to forgive. Mm -hmm. Like, let's go to that bare bones. Like, how were we taught to forgive? Mm -hmm. And you heard me say it in the introduction. Many of us were forced to, quote, forgive. Forgive your sister. No, say it out loud. I've li- I, and I, I'm not kidding. Like, you know, my, I have so much love for my family, but I genuinely have some of those visceral memories of like, you have to say the words out loud. Mm-hmm. And my brain would be like, first of all, I don't even understand like what is going on because I was like eight. And keep in mind, this is what we try to teach you guys. Developmental psychological depth and the way you can contextualize your world isn't the same at eight as it is at 28, right? So as an eight-year-old and someone's telling you to do something, you're kind of just like, okay, I guess I gotta listen to my elders. But if you never link the depth of what they're actually asking you to do, what you're doing is you're doing it for them. You're trying to show them that you're a quote-unquote good girl, good person, whatever, okay? And you're not getting the real message. You're not getting the connection. Mm -hmm. They are saying, okay, well, you just hit them. So you just have to say, will you forgive me? Or do you forgive them or whatever, right? And it's for this like show and it it starts feeling like futile, right? And then we get the deep then we get the deeper lessons, right? So this is where CA is coming with some of the religious teachings. Sometimes it goes deeper though, right? Mm-hmm. Sometimes it's like, okay. Well, it's not just like say sorry, say that you forgive them, force the forgiveness, right? It's no, if you don't do that. So now it's like a skill that you're taught because you're avoiding something out of fear. If you don't forgive them, then you are just like, you know, Judas or what? I don't know. Like, I don't like, not Judas, but you know, like you're just like, the the most like vile human being like there's scriptures about this of like you know you'd rather you know you'd rather be like scum on the earth than like someone who's mm-hmm. just like you know never able to honor and like totally reject the idea of like what god would do for us which god would forgive right and so when we link it that way guys like oh my gosh like mm-hmm. it goes so much deeper than just like i'm confused i'm confused of why i'm being forced to do this I don't really like see the point. And then it goes to this like deep, like, if I don't do this, then I'm bad. And then your processing just like stops. You're like, okay, I'm just going to avoid being a bad person. Mm-hmm. And I'm just going to like say I forgive everybody. Right. And so when you just go into that, like, I forgive you. Right. I, I My question is, it's not that we're against forgiveness. It's that we're against like emotional bypassing Mm -hmm. we're against like this idea that like it's not worth exploring exactly what was behind that dynamic and if you guys remember last episode me and ca modeled really well about like what it looks like to just bypass and say shrugs oh i'm traumatized like i hope you forgive me right and ca made this like super solid point where she's like i need space to be allowed to understand the impact or the effective experience about that pain. And so that's kind of what we're speaking to in this episode. We're speaking to like, what are we saying forgiveness is? Because if we're saying that forgiveness is full processing and that's part of it, I could in theory be like, cool, 
like, yeah, let's like add that to the dynamic of forgiveness. But what's sad about the the collective operational definition that we function as a society with forgiveness is that genuinely I'm sitting here right now, like when I immediately think of what forgiveness is, it doesn't include this like deep processing moments on both sides, granted, it doesn't include that. It includes you are now making me feel bad for screwing up. And if you don't forgive me, now you're holding a grudge. And for what I hear immediately out of that statement is an immediate all or nothing, mm-hmm. which I always get radar goes off when I hear all or nothing. Yeah. And I hear a complete lack of full processing. Mm-hmm. Well, when you were talking about that, like processing with the other person, I realized it might be time for us to make a few different distinctions about what this process looks like from each of the standpoints, if you will. So there's the, in in the experience of forgiveness, that means that some wrongdoing has occurred. Okay. So there's something, some action or word or wound of some sort that needs to be forgiven. So there is the person who was on the receiving end of the wrongdoing. There was the person who did the wrongdoing. They each have their own individual experience of what this forgiveness might look like. And then there's that shared in-between space between them about how that looks. So I almost feel like it's worth having different words for each of these. I was thinking about on the receiver's end, forgiveness, well, that word doesn't belong to them. The forgiveness is the word that belongs to the person who did the wrongdoing because it's like a it's a it's a thing that is received. Forgiveness is like a thing that's received rather than like an action itself. And bear with me, stay with me. I'm going to explain through it. From the person who is granting the forgiveness or giving the forgiveness, to me, that's more like the it's it's more like a release. Like you are re- you are unburdening, you are like releasing yourself from the tension that was there. But the actual shared experience is a word that I'm going to say is reconciliation. And that's a different word entirely than just forgiveness. Because in order to truly reconcile with a person, to heal the hurt, get back on the same page, start building trust with that person again, that is a whole process that does involve space for both people to be listened to and given the freedom to feel what they feel in whatever it was Mm. that occurred. So what happens in our early development, what has happened for many of us anyway, and how we were taught forgiveness and what it looks like is there was no space for accountability. There was no space for repair And those two things are essential to reconciling. You can't reconcile with a person if they're not accountable for what they did, which means I'm going to get real elementary here. What does accountability even mean? Well, let's define it. It means a person is willing to say, I did that action and I see that it was wrong. Okay, that's accountability. Not just saying I did it, but here's why. Right. It's it's not the just admitting that you did something, but then justifying why you did it. That is not accountability. Accountability is saying mm. you did it and you see that it was wrong to do and that it was hurtful to that person. Repairing looks like 
that's that next step. I see that it was wrong. How can I make this up to you? What can I do to help rebuild this trust? Is there anything that can be done on my end to soothe the wound that I caused? Okay, so that's that's repair, okay? All of this like early development of the understanding of forgiven, forgiveness, we didn't have those elements. It was all very rote. It was all very mechanical. It was all very just on the surface and none of us really knew what was going on. <laughs> like whether we're talking about in your preschool classroom or your kindergarten classroom where somebody pushed you on the playground and the teacher forced them to say sorry. They probably weren't really sorry, but they forced them to rote say the words. So they're like, I'm sorry. And then they forced you to say, that's okay, I forgive you. And then you were forced to carry on interacting with that person as if nothing happened, but neither of you have any idea about the deeper emotional processes as to what caused any of that in the first place. Therefore, you're not equipped to avoid that situation from happening in the future again. Okay, so whether it's that or even as we, some for many of us, were sort of taught in a Western religious mindset about what forgiveness looks like, which again, is typically very verbal, very rote. It's very on the surface. There's not really a whole lot of actually interacting and being accountable to the person that you hurt. I don't want to go too far down the rabbit hole with this, but I will, I just, it needs to be touched on because this was such a visceral experience for so many of us growing up in a religious paradigm, which is that one of the things that religion did was it, it kind of like removed your need to be accountable to that other person. So if there's you who hurt somebody, there's the person you hurt. Well, when we create this, I don't want to say create, but when we focus on this third entity, which in this case we'll say is God in the context of religion, and we are allowed to seek our forgiveness for this wrongdoing from this third party, then we can get the forgiveness for the thing we did wrong without ever having to repair the relationship with the real human being that we hurt. So in all of these situations, we're basically completely stunted in our ability to understand reconciliation. And if and if this is a two-way street, right? So because we're all, all of us have hurt people and all of us have been hurt by people. So it's like you have to understand both ends, the, the giving and the receiving end of this to really, really understand what it feels like to forgive in a truly authentic way. Um, and so sometimes I like to start from the opposite end of like when you hurt somebody and you go to apologize to them what might that look like and what might that feel like and how do we repair a relationship, like truly repair a relationship. And then we did get into that in that last episode. We gave a lot of modeling of like actual conversations. What does it sound like when somebody has hurt you? What do I say? What do I say in return? So if you haven't listened to the previous episode, highly, highly, highly recommend it because we're referencing some of those examples and conversations. Whew, I just gave a lot. Um, but what I walking <laughs> away from kind of that whole entire speech I just gave, what I really want to focus on is this understanding of when this concept of forgiveness is even a thing that you are considering or trying to understand, 
you have to understand that there's two entities, there's two people, there's their individual experiences as well as this shared space and learning that reconciliation, like actually repairing a relationship is a separate thing altogether from forgiveness. And we can continue unpacking this, but I do want to say that forgiveness can happen without the involvement of the other person. Reconciliation cannot. Reconciliation, ipso facto, is the reconciling of two people. But so we are, there is a framework that we can get into if we want to for how one can unburden themselves from the like tension and and negative energy that they are having towards or from another person. We might think of that as forgiveness. We can do that without actually ever involving the other person, but that is not the same thing as truly like reconciling with that person. And unfortunately, we are living in a society where because so much of it was rote, these two things are sort of seen as one and the same to where the the onus of responsibility for forgiving is on the person who was hurt. Well, you just need to forgive them so that the two of you can move on with your lives and everything can be hunky-dory again. Well, then where's their responsibility? Why don't they have to do anything in this situation? Why is it on me? They hurt me. Why is it on me to just let go of everything that ever was done wrong and I'm supposed to just forget about it? So this is actually a question I think we would get, and I'm going to just ask it because I'm sure it's going through people's minds while they're listening. What would you say, CA, to people that are saying that every time they hear the word forgiveness, they think it's me allowing my abuser to just say what they did was okay. Mm-hmm. Right? Like whatever it is, abuser yeah. or an ex, an ex-partner or someone who really hurt you. It's like when some people have like aligned forgiveness mm-hmm. as Okay, so if I get to the point where even if I don't talk to them, even if I don't forget, you know, talk to my ex or I talk to my ex abuser or like whoever it is or my family member that really hurt me. If you get to that point where you're like, okay, well, I'm not going to have a conversation with them because it's generally going to open like a floodgate or whatever, but I'm going to do this work to myself, mm-hmm. right? What would you say to someone who's like, I don't think I'm ever going to forgive them? Because I've had people who like I've worked with client wise that have said this exact thing. They said, no, because like in their mind, forgiveness is. I am telling you what you did was okay. Mm -hmm. And so I've had them, like they've used that phrasing, like I will never, ever say that. So I will, I guess, de de facto never forgive them, right? And so I think it's worth sitting with that information for a second. And like, I mean, obviously you can take a stab at it. Like I can give some reflection too, but like this is such a deep part of the dialogue that comes in when we're talking about getting through that stuck phase of healing, mm-hmm. which is where I think so many ill-informed trauma coaches, trauma therapists, trauma, anyone in the trauma circuit will say, well, I can't work with you until you forgive your abuser. And I'm like, wait, 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 pause. Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> hold on. You know, and so it's that, what are we talking about? Mm-hmm. When you're saying that, that's word. exactly what, yeah. Genuinely, mm-hmm. let's get to that for a second. Because the question is, what would I say to somebody who said that forgiving my abuser means that I am saying that what they did was okay? I would say, uh, then don't forgive them. 
if that's what your definition of forgiveness is, then no, I, I agree with you. Like that's not the correct word for us to be using at this stage of your healing. And maybe we need to come up with some different definitions and we could dig into that. But that would literally be my initial response is no, because we're not going to sit here and say that the only way for you to heal is for you to just go ahead and give a green light to everything that ever happened to you. That's that's not uh, I don't feel that that's healthy. So um, especially as a person who has experienced a lot of that. And so this is. Very, very like real and personal to me, uh, the role of forgiveness in, in my life, because there's things that have gone on that I actually don't have access to some of the people that I should be, quote unquote, forgiving. And so how can I even do that sort of a thing? Um, so that's why I was kind of trying to let's come up with some new definitions here. Forgiveness is not permission. Forgiveness mm. is not just absolute acceptance of, you know, it's not saying a, okay, like what you did is allowable. Okay. And this is where we have to dig into the nuance. We talked about this in, uh, the last episode as well, where we were talking about the hurt people, hurt people concept. And when traumatized people hurt other people from their trauma, wounds. What's difficult when you start getting into this type of like self-growth, self-healing work is you learn so much and you gain so much insight into how trauma does affect our lives. We start seeing it, you know, usually personally like, oh, wow, like this is how my traumatized brain or my, you know, defaults have caused me to do hurtful things. And then immediately the mind starts making those connections and applying it to the people around them and realizing, oh, well, my ex treated me like that because of that. My parents treated me because like that because of their upbringing. And so this is where those like, ooh, there's this like fine line where there's going to be that moment where you're going to be like, oh, well, if trauma is the reason why this person mistreated me, then I should just let it go, right? They didn't mean it. It wasn't their fault. And that is the rub. Even if a person had very little skills, very little resources, and was very traumatized, and from that place, they hurt you. You can understand that you can contextualize it, you can zoom out, you can do all of that, and you can still hold space for the very real damage that was done to you. And it's incredibly difficult to do both of those things because our brain is going to need to really stretch in, in some sort of uncomfortable, elastic ways to do that. When a wrongdoing has occurred, like the psyche cries out for justice and and it wants to be heard and it wants to things to change and it wants things to be fixed. And sometimes when we start trying to approach that, we might even approach our, you know, people who hurt us and and try to bring those conversations up. Hey, you did this thing 15 years ago. It really hurt me. I've been unpacking it a little bit. Can we talk about it? You might even try to start that conversation, get pushed back on, 
And then you have this decision of, well, is it just on me to just let go of this and forgive everything and, and let them win in a way? It can feel like that. It can feel like, well, if I let go of this pain, then they win, right? Like then they got away with it. That's what it ends up feeling like. You end up realize like it, it can feel disempowering for the person who mm. who received those wounds. It can feel very disempowering to see it in that lens like, oh no, if I let go of this anger, if I let go of this pain, they got away with it. And we're just going to breathe with that one because that's heavy. It's very, <laughs> very heavy. So... I think if we sat with that idea of like, if the arc of forgiveness is including a lot of depth and processing, and especially if this is the person that you're trying to, like, you're literally, you're like, I'm trying to figure out how to forgive this person, right? And you're trying to understand aspects of this dynamic and you're like, you know what I do? I think I want to forgive them. I'm just really struggling with like some of the trust that got, you know, just ruffled up and like all of these things that just kind of got messy and tangled. Right. So if anything, forgiveness is less like a, you know, just brief, swift, emotional exchange. It's like almost the opposite of that. It's the opposite of like a brief, okay, I forgive you. It's requiring so many layers of your own processing skills, of the way you emotionally navigate, of the way you conceptualize like your own trauma and other people's trauma. Like it is such a task. It's such a request of processing, right? It's actually like very, very deep and demanding. And so I think this is why when you look at, because remember, like that we're not, if we take out reconciliation, like you have to reconcile, you're actually thinking about like, what if forgiveness is like, I release this. If that's where we're getting to, like, you can't just like jump into, oh, I, I let it go, right? Because this is one of the things you've heard us talk about is that it's incredibly dangerous for, you've heard me say this a million different times, CA, like probably outside of the podcast, but uh, I actually warn my clients of this. I say, no, 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 we're not going to do water under the bridge. We're not going to do get over it. We're not going to do let it go. Okay. We're not going to do that. We're not going to do the bypassing. Mm -hmm. We're going to hold pain. We're going to hold processing time. We're going to hold emotional experiences. We're going to hold like some things that might be a little heavy for a little bit, right? And if if forgiveness in your mind is, I just got to like, I just got to <clears throat> let it go. Okay. This is where it gets confusing because you heard us say that phrase, right? Oh, we have to release it. We have to let it go. So we think about that as like, okay, well, um, there's a big difference between me like holding something in my hand, getting a, a deep understanding of this entire thing that's right in front of me. I'm holding it in my hand. I'm holding it long enough. It's getting a little bit heavy. I'm getting a little bit tired, but I'm learning from that thing that I'm holding. I'm understanding it in a completely different way. It's a little bit painful, but it's also giving me a lot of information that I didn't previously have. I'm holding it. 
And then I get to a moment of like empowerment over that information. And I've learned so much that I say, you know what? I think I'm okay to put this down. I am in theory releasing it, but I'm doing so after gaining so much critical information for my own healing that it is that it is like beneficial Mm -hmm. to now move forward and let that information go so I can gain more information on other things that that I'm experiencing, okay? Versus the very, very quick, it happened, okay, I guess it's a problem, let it go, Mm -hmm. right? Okay. This is why this is such such a tricky and nuanced take is because in theory, Both parties look like they, quote unquote, let something go. I'm doing air quotes right now Mm -hmm. (laughs) for our listeners. Both parties look like they let it go. One party walked away from that scenario so much more attuned to the pain that's behind the problem, to the situation that was happening, to the implications of the actions of that person and the implications of your actions toward them, right? You got so much information that you said, I've understood. I feel confident. And this is the power. That's a power over self, the authenticity, the movement forward. You say, I've got, I've grown accustomed to the feeling of where I like know I need to move forward. So now I think I am aligned with releasing this situation. Mm-hmm. That is like giving me chills because it's that is your power. Your power is I am growing so familiar with my own healing that I can understand when a situation is okay to release from my consciousness and not hold such a high priority over my consciousness, I can allow that information to just be the information and I can move forward, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. Versus what many people are doing, and you heard me say this just now, they do not do that work. Mm -hmm. They just say, if I hold it too long enough, then I'm going to linger and I'm going to hold a grudge and I'm not, and what, what, what you're telling yourself is you don't trust your emotional skills to hold something because you're too scared of what it's going to turn you into. I'm going to be bitter. I'm going to hold a grudge. I'm going to resent them if I hold it too long. I'm going to like be suffocated and drowned in my, in my pain and my suffering. And I'm going to feel less empowered. That's why you don't want to hold it. You say, I'm going to feel like my power is getting thwarted from me and drained from me. So no, I just got to let it go. (gasps) And you drop it. Mm -hmm. Okay. Versus what your power comes from is that ability to have something happen to you. And with, I mean, obviously we're very encouraging like support and friends that are psychologically safe and therapists that can hold this information without violating or invalidating you, right? We are very, very, very supportive of a community that can hold this information with you. It's, incredibly important for you to ask yourself the technique that you currently approach forgiveness with. Yes. Because if you're telling yourself, because I hear this all the time when I'm working with people, they'll be like, oh no, I I forgive them. I let it go. Mm -hmm. And then I go, okay, but like the last five sessions, every single thing that you just said was indicative that like the energy around that situation or that violation or that pain Every single thing that you just said to me 
speaks that it is not fully processed and it's actually holding over you and it's choking you. Okay. So when you tell yourself, you're like, no, I let it go and I forgave them. My question is like, can we just be very like real and radical and honest and allow ourselves to speak through that and say, am I just a little scared to be honest about what it would mean to not mm-hmm. bypass that step and actually hold it long enough for me to get empowered over the release. That's really what I want to what I want to shift into is understanding going back to literally our very first episode which had to do with healing through self-consent. Forgiveness has to come through self-consent as well. You have to ask yourself where is the like motivation to forgive? coming from. I would be Mm. very wary of outside pressure from any person or entity that is trying to push you to forgive someone or something without your consent or before you've had time to fully process it. I would be very, very wary of that. Um, In order for forgiveness to be done in a healthy, safe way, it has to be fully autonomous from start to finish. Every step of the way, every part of that process has to be coming from you. You have to be the one willing to look at that and say, I don't know how much longer I want to hold on to this. Let me go ahead then and really look at it and really examine it and be honest enough with myself to figure out what this path of forgiveness might look like for me on this particular hurt. And it's going to look different Mm. for each type of hurt that you have for each person that has hurt you. There is no one size fits all path to what that's going to feel and look like inside of you. So you're going to take it one step at a time, but each one of these has to be from inside of you. So you're the one who got curious about it. You're the one who made the decision to start figuring out how to let go of that and release that tension. You're the one who wanted to like you were saying, Jamie, like hold the thing in your hand, look at it, examine it, figure out what really went on there, what lessons need to be extracted from there, what information you need to retain moving forward. So that way, when you make the autonomous decision to go ahead and set that down and say, okay, I think we've processed through it. I think that tension and that burden of carrying this is something I'm willing and ready to go ahead and let go of. You do that in a very empowered way and in a way that was so fully informed the entire time that if someone were to bring that up again for you in the future, you actually can talk about it in a kind of like calm sort of understanding way in your mind. You're you're like, yep. I remember when that happened. Here's what I thought about it. Here's what happened, et cetera, et cetera. You, you really retained the information from that and you had full control over the releasing of it. So somebody bringing that up to you isn't going to feel threatening. It isn't going to catch you off guard. You're going to be prepared and able to calmly have that conversation. And this is why I want to say forgiveness you know, we have this phrase, forgive and forget. I don't think the forget part is A, necessary, or B, possible, especially for certain types of 
brains, honestly. And, and I, I genuinely, like as a person who kind of specializes in neurodivergence, um, there are a lot of people with neurodivergent brains that have like extremely like high running pattern recognition systems going on in the brain at all times. And so letting go of old data is actually like not possible. The brain actually collects and retains and categorizes all the data. And so I personally have been like harmed by narratives that have tried to get me Mm. to forget things because I genuinely can't, like my brain won't offload data the way that I was being told I was supposed to in order to properly forgive. Uh, My brain doesn't do that. And so holding on to data and like, I always use very like technical terminology, but remembering an experience, even if you have released the tension of it, which is truly the way that I want you to think about what forgiveness feels like from your end. It just means you've released the tension, you've released the burden. You can still have a memory of that happening, that doesn't mean that you haven't forgiven that person. I think that's that's a mm. huge thing. Some people are go like, well, like, I feel like I just can't forgive, I can't forgive them because every time I see them, I remember that thing. I want you to be able to like parse through that in your mind. If when you see them, you remember that thing and you still feel filled with that like tension and hurt and discomfort and dissonance, then you probably haven't forgiven them. If when you see them, you remember that thing, but it's just kind of like, oh, okay. And then you you remember the process you went through. Yes, I remember they did that. We worked through it. We're rebuilding trust. If it doesn't have that like dissonance and that tension and that heavy feeling, then that's okay. Like I, it's okay to remember the things that have happened to you. I don't know why I have to say that aloud, but I feel like I do because some people truly get stuck at that. They go like, well, I haven't forgiven them because I still remember it every time I look at them. Well, some things, you know, really do stay in the mind as a memory. And that doesn't necessarily mean you haven't forgiven them. So that's one of the things I want, really wanted to get into is kind of understanding your autonomy throughout the entire process as well as touching on that concept of forgiveness doesn't mean forgetting and remembering something doesn't mean you're holding a grudge. That's not what that means. It just means that you remember it and that's okay. Right. Right. I think that's, that's one of the hard takes that many people like when they go into the all or nothing mindset with this topic, they think, okay, so if I'm not to the point of like forgiveness or release of this dynamic, then I must be holding a grudge. And it's incredibly important for us to sit with the, like this information, the, the, the topic that I'm about to introduce to you guys is, is that a grudge is like, it's like, it's like a weapon. Like you're act like, even if you're not doing it on purpose, like a grudge is like, generally data collecting to weaponize later. Okay. That's actually what I would call it. Like it's almost like a mechanism. It's not a, it's not a processing. It's not, it's not a processor. It's not a element of processing. It is a weapon. And it's intentional. It's intentional. You're like choosing to hold this really close in your right. in your memory, I, like I, I'm not going to forget. I refuse to forget. I'll always remember, and I'll always hold that against them. Right? It's like a conscious effort to remain right. in that space. 
Right. And so this is why I try, I think it is important for us to speak to this because there is like the grudge ideas that like linger around forgiveness, which is if you immediately get scared that your processing is going to form a grudge, allow that to be a non-judgmental part of your processing. So what that would look like is maybe in the past when I would hold like my emotions long enough, I would be like, oh yeah, that would be really good to shove in their face, right? All right, allow that to be like something your brain might've done to just protect you. And this is what many people, it's a very, 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 very nuanced take, but many people will, I mean, this is kind of like a, (laughs) I should warn you. Working with my population, like I should warn the people that listen, like when we talk about manipulation as being almost like a protection, it it can be, it's also, it also can be weaponized, right? So it's like, if you think about, I need to get what I want. So I'm going to quote unquote, like tweak the dynamics of this. If we take a completely non-judgmental look on that, it would be part of your brain protecting you, okay? So you could have been very validly one of those people that said, oh no, when I sat with that information long enough, I would just immediately fall into like, I'm going to hold a grudge. You know, I'm going to, I'm going to use that information later <laughs> to like benefit me, okay? And this is what it means to like truly unlearn past strategies that our brain fell into is that if you even acknowledge, like give yourself some compassion, be like, probably did that to protect myself, realized it was modeled to me, noticing that that technique, like notice I'm going to use like non-judgmental words, that technique was not working for any of my family members. It actually elicited more problems. So yes, it can be a default strategy in my brain. And do I want that to be the prioritized strategy? Right? And I, I'll, I'll be the first to admit this. Like, let, this is good for you guys here. When I get really, really, really like burned out and when I get like really, really like bare bones energy, I will find myself starting to fall into like very visceral, deep, like wounded defense mechanisms, like things that like I didn't think I would ever say out of my mouth will like start coming out of my mouth because I just don't have the energy to do the like complex emotional strategies. Mm-hmm. So I will just be like bare bones. And and I know this about me because there is a lot of trauma processes that are like buried in my psyche. And so those trauma processes, when it gets high enough and everything gets like pushed to my limit, my brain goes, I don't care what you got to do. You got to protect yourself. So um, here's a, here's a coping strategy that you haven't used probably since you were like 12, but you have to use it. Right. And so I need to like explain that to you guys that like that is a very very like valid part of this journey to understand your own approach to forgiveness because that fear is most likely informed and influenced from previous approach like you approached the the you approached the 
environment of what it means to forgive and your brain was like, uh, this is too hard. Let's just hold a grudge. Mm -hmm. Right. And so you now approaching this with more skills, with more resilience, with more compassion, with more kindness, you can say, all right, noticed. Like I, this is, if you notice how I use the phrases of when you're approaching this dialogue with yourself, you're just going to say, I noticed that about myself. Mm -hmm. Like you're trying to forgive someone who really hurt your feelings. And you think to yourself, your, your immediate thought is like, yeah, you know what? Next time she does that, I'm just going to hold it over her. Right. And so Mm -hmm. if that's something that your brain immediately goes into, I would say, just acknowledge and say, I notice that part of you is attempting to like allow that to be like our main prioritized defense mechanism. Like we need to prioritize that first. What I'm here doing is I'm just asking for a little bit more space so we can learn in this space, like possibly a different strategy. So I'm noticing that I want to do like the grudge technique and I want to see if there's a different strategy that would give me more of an empowered feeling over this instead of an imprisoned feeling over this. Because notice a grudge is like, you're holding on to something energetically that if you think of like the spiritual mindset, like it's probably eating to your core. And that's where that mentality of being like, forgiveness is for you and not them. And it's going to eat away at you and blah, 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 blah. And true, true to some degree. But then I think people are blending that word of like not forgiving is holding the grudge. Mm -hmm. Right. And I go, Ooh, like there's two things going on. It's like either like just unprocessed information and it's causing triggers or not either or, And it could be that like, you're just looking at not forgiving is basically holding grudges. Right. right? And so I'm like, okay, so we actually have to start probably with that where you can say, is it both? Is it one more than the other? Mm -hmm. Right. Because if it's both, that's okay. Like just allow it to be both and say, I'm also, I am very triggered and I'm holding grudges. Okay. So that would be where we would start with the strategy. And I would say there's even an in-between space where there is a space of unforgiveness that isn't a grudge. There actually mm-hmm. is of course. there actually Absolutely. is a space there where you just haven't forgiven that person. You're not sure if you even want to or ever will. You haven't gotten through that process. You don't feel the consensual motivation to process that. Um, there's just no motive there. And you go, well, I don't really see why I need to spend any energy analyzing that wound and trying to release it. I'm, I don't want to, and I'm not ready to, but that doesn't mean that you're like angrily, viscerally holding onto it, ready to like throw it in their face the next time you see them. It's just this right. unprocessed lump of data that's just sitting in your head. Um, and that's- absolutely. Truly, like this is the radical self-acceptance of accepting all these varied, nuanced approaches to this. There's a lot of relationships that we have that are way higher priorities. And so, of course, when an injury happens within that relationship dynamic, you're going to want to prioritize that. And you are going to feel motivated to consensually, authentically approach that situation and try to figure out how to release that so that you can move forward with that person. And then there's other situations, the guy who cuts you off on the highway that, what, <laughs> why do I have to forgive that person? They, you know, made me, you know, slam on my brakes and now I have to re- replace my brake pads and I don't want to let go of that. Um, and that's not a grudge. That's just like, yeah, 
I don't like bad drivers, whatever. Um, so what I want to say though, is that like, give your brain the space that it needs to just have like a wide variety of frameworks around how forgiveness works. And I think that's something for me, that was like a lesson I had to learn throughout my life. And I'm still learning if I'm being honest, is that I, when you're moving out of all or nothing mindsets, that even applies to not just how you approach a topic philosophically, but practically in your day-to-day life. So as I started to unpack forgiveness and learn how to apply this to my life in a way that didn't feel like I was abandoning myself, that's when I started to find the spaces in between where I realized, oh, maybe I'm too hard on other relationships because I haven't honestly looked at the unforgiveness in this other relationship. And so my brain did an all or nothing protective approach to one strike and you're out. I don't give second chances, right? Because I was hurt so badly over and over and over again in this one area, I might have applied a really strong defense plan moving forward for all the rest of my relationships. And maybe these other folks didn't really deserve that harsh of a defense plan attacked at them, if that Mm. makes sense. Do you know what I mean? Like, maybe I could have been a little more soft and forgiving towards certain relationships. But the reason that I didn't allow myself to develop those skills to be able to do that over here is because I was at that point still unwilling to really, really understand why I was still holding on to the pain of this unforgiveness. And it wasn't a grudge. It was, I had been forced to rote surface level, forgive this person. So I thought that I did. My mind kept telling me, oh no, you've forgiven them. No, you've forgiven them. But as you said, that unforgiveness, that unprocessed and unreleased tension was still living inside of me. And just because I took it out of that categorical box and I decided, oh no, I've forgiven them and I take them out of that box. Well, all that energy wasn't released because it wasn't processed. And so it just sort of like sneaks its way into all sorts of other places in our lives. And that's, that's the, that's the risk of unprocessed pain. And so Mm. the thing I want to say is that at no point are you ever obligated to approach forgiveness and anybody who's making you feel obliged to do so probably doesn't have your best interest at heart, or they just don't have all the information or the skills themselves to understand this topic in a nuanced, healthy way. So that's the one thing I really want to start to wrap up with is this concept of like, don't approach forgiveness in an obligatory fashion. It has to come from authentically within you. And don't be afraid of allowing of a, like a vast array of steps and, and types and feelings of how this process is going to look from person to person. Don't feel obligated to just forget about anything that ever happened. Because remember, forgiving somebody doesn't mean now they have permission to come back into your life. Now they have permission to just start treating you however they want to treat you from here on out over and over and over again. 
that's, that's, that's forgiveness without accountability. Right. And so, and we almost didn't even fully have to touch on the reconciliation factor in this episode because we did such a good job of approaching that in our last episode. So again, it's almost like these are like sibling episodes. We didn't even necessarily plan that, but it turns out they're very complimentary to each other. So, so I do want to, I want to introduce with one other idea really quick because we're about to end, but this idea of like, if you need a different word, because for some people it is hard to redefine a word, even when we were going through this episode, I'll share with you guys, because I have such a, such a rough uh, background with the word forgiveness. It's a very deep seated wound in my brain. I actually think for some people, they might resonate with the word like closure or release because when I say closure, it doesn't mean you close the door and it's like locked tight. It's just mean like that situation I've processed, Mm -hmm. I've held, I've understood, I've navigated, I've explored, I've gained new information about it and it no longer holds the the emotional um, catalyst or the emotional like um, reaction that it once carried. And so now through a moment, and remember a lot of psychology, like mechanisms and techniques are actually solidified and embodied and more powerful in the brain if they genuinely have an actual moment of embodiment. So this is where you get the write the letter and burn it. This is where you take a a rock and hold it and then watch it go to the bottom of the, you know, the lake. Um, This is where you release something take sand, hold it really tight and let it fall from your fingers and wipe your hands, right? Like I'm doing that and I'm getting chills, but it's because that is so much of a moment for your brain to say, hey, you did this work and now you're moving forward, right? And so that's what I wanted to kind of leave you guys with. If if you've been listening to this episode and you're like, nah, Jamie and Nasia, like this is not that word is too bound up with some like mm-hmm. some of these like trauma processes mm-hmm. in my brain. Like I genuinely can't unbind that to like me being like everything's fine and dandy. Okay. So if you just like just like the consent, like if you hear what we're saying and the topics that we're saying and you need to like embody it in a new way or you need to phrase it in a different way, I invite you to come up with another one or like DM us and say, "Hey, I've thought about that word and that's the one I think I've come up with." Like I'd love to hear your thoughts, but this is why I wanted to leave you guys with that because there are these like words that we have that are like collective understandings of mm-hmm. psychological processes and they still can carry like some of those old you know and this is what we mean like if you can like reclaim truly gain sovereignty over an experience that's probably what it would look like is i'm going to phrase it in a different way because it doesn't it doesn't serve me to say say that way mm-hmm. right so think about that that might be a cool technique um we Love do that. have to go though we have to hop off but we really appreciate the holding space for this very complicated topic mm-hmm. and we appreciate you all make sure you guys are rating us and reviewing us that always helps yes. and we'll see you next thanks time. for listening 
Thank you so much, y'all, for tuning in. If anything we said resonated, please subscribe and leave a review anywhere you listen to podcasts. This absolutely helps us grow, and we really do value your voice on this podcast. So if you have anything you'd like to contribute, any tips, any topics, or if you just want to say hi, you can email us at unlearned at recollectedself.com. You can find us on Instagram at the unlearned podcast or individual Instagrams at recollectedself and CAs is at embracing divergence. You can also find us over on TikTok under those handles. If you want to join our Patreon for $5 a month, you can be our Coffee Fiend Club member. And that's going to give you access to our podcast within a podcast, which is called Unhinged. This is basically where we let loose completely unedited. We are literally just shooting the breeze, having fun. You can see our full personalities and it is a blast. Honestly, it's pretty fun. So if you want to join us, you can find that at patreon.com slash unlearned. And that's it. The last thing I want to tell you is I want you to be brave enough to fight for the person you want to become. And this is how we do the work.